Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is your host, Pastor Bill Shishko, here with you today. We do invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, the live call-in number is 631-955-5400, 631-955-5400. Or anytime during the week, your text questions at 516-367-0391. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness is to all generations. Well, these are the words of Psalm 100, and while they don't use the word worship, they certainly capture the essence of it. Worship is to ascribe worth to someone or something. You and I are to ascribe ultimate worth to God and only to God. Why? Well, because he's God and because he's good and because his covenant love, faithfulness, and truth will endure forever, because he made us because by his grace in Christ Jesus, we're called to be his people. And because he puts new songs into our mouths, songs full of praise and thankfulness and joy. Well, today, as we continue our series on the basic disciplines of a healthy Christian life, we'll be thinking together about worship and what the Bible, the Word of God, says about it. My guest for today's visit to the pastor's study is Pastor Larry Wilson, Pastor Larry has served congregations in Rochester, Minnesota, Terre Haute, Indiana, Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Airdrie, Canada, and he served as general secretary for the Committee on Christian Education of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, and along with all of that, he is now busily retired outside of Grand Rapids, Michigan. But my special reason for having Pastor Larry with us today is because of his role, along with all of his other duties, in which he worked with other men to revise the Directory for Public Worship for the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. I mean, to put it simply, Pastor Larry is one of our resident experts on the subject of worship, and he's one of our go-to guys when we have questions about the high calling of worshiping the true and living God and worshiping him according to his word as he tells us to do it. So today, Pastor Larry will be helping us to get a better grasp on worship as another basic discipline of a healthy Christian life. Pastor Larry Wilson, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, Great to have you with us. Let's just dive in. John 4 and verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, 
for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Unpack that for us, Pastor Larry. Well, I used to think that that worship in spirit and truth meant that we should worship sincerely and according to Scripture, and and I still do think that we should do that. That's true. Uh, But I don't think—I think that it says more than that. In the context, Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman. She asked him, are we supposed to worship on Mount Gerizim like we Samaritans say, or are we supposed to worship in Jerusalem like you Jews say? And Jesus said, well, the Jews were correct because they were following God's Word. But something new is taking place right now. A time is coming and is now here when no longer there or there, the place won't matter anymore. Those who worship the Father will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I think it means that Jesus Himself came to perform the the redemption uh, that makes possible communion with God and true worship, and that He would pour out the Holy Spirit who would apply uh, the salvation that Jesus bought and make possible that true worship of the living God. So, so worship in spirit and in truth, and, and, and we're obviously not taking away the fact that we should be uh, into worship, so to speak, giving ourselves to it, but the spirit there is the Holy Spirit? I think it is. I think that as you read through the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth, says that apart from that new birth that the Spirit gives, we can't even see the kingdom of God. Yeah, so we so we worship filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Is that the idea? And and or, or does it also include? And we'll probably get into this later. Does it also include worship that's conformed to the Word of God, which of course the Holy Spirit gave? Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's all of the above because. Uh, worship is really supernatural, and I think that's a point that we have to start with. It's not just an activity that we can lift ourselves up by our bootstraps to do, but it's something that God Himself initiates and enables by His Spirit. But the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And so, in, in a nutshell, I mean, I think we can put it all together by saying that true worship of God the Father is only possible through God the Son, by God the Spirit, as he applies God's truth from the Bible. Wow. Yeah, well, of course, there you've got the Spirit and truth, and and the two are connected. Pastor Larry, at least in our circles, so-called Reformed churches and Presbyterian churches, we use the term the regulative principle of worship. Talk to us about that. Well, in a nutshell, what we mean by that is that we should consciously um, make the effort to regulate our worship, both the principles that we follow and the parts of worship that we do, uh, that we should regulate them according to God's Word, that we should have biblical warrant for the things that we do. Is that the view that is common or universal among Christian churches, or is that somewhat different? Uh, I I mean, is that that what all churches practice? Well, no, I don't. I'd say no practice that, and alas, we're inconsistent ourselves, so we all need to heed that challenge. 
Uh, some churches would even go so far as to say, no, we don't believe that we need Scripture warrant for everything we do. We just need to make sure we don't break, violate the Scriptures in anything we do. And, and those are farther away from uh, following this regulative principle. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that would... <laughs> you could... You could allow anything in in that case, almost right. I mean, unless it, well, almost anything uh, except murder and adultery, yeah, things that God so, expressly forbids. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like the view, but we should have of the Constitution of the United States. You should, we should open up what that says and do what it says, and not try to add to it. I, 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 uh, I think I've told you we used to have the regulative principle of the garden in our home as we raised our children. And um, that was, I would tell the, the boys, particularly the boys who were more avid gardeners, that, that they could, the, what the weeds were, they were to only pull up certain things because those were the weeds. Otherwise, they would be pulling up the parsnips or the carrots or the radishes. It might have looked like the weeds at that point. And that's what I would call the regulative principle of the garden. <laughs> you only only pull up what your dad tells you to pull up, lest you pull up the wrong things. Is that that's kind of the idea that we're getting at? Well, that's a super illustration of it, and 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 it's true that as a child, I know I did this. I got fired from helping in the garden by pulling out the good plants as a kid. <laughs> ah, okay. Tempor- temporarily fired, at least. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but it's hard to tell the difference, and that's why we need God's Word, because God's Word tells us clearly what God wants. Now, what difference does that does it make whether we only do what God tells us to do in His Word, in our worship, that we call the regulative principle, or, or we're permitted to do anything that's not forbidden? What practical differences would that make? Well, part of the basis of this principle is the second commandment, which warns us against making images in order to worship God. Those could be metal images, but they can also be mental images. And the point of it is that we know the true God by his revelation, not by human imagination, image-ination. And the more we neglect to let God's Word inform us and drive us, the more danger we're in of drifting away from the true God and following an imaginary God. Interesting. Fascinating. You do think of so many practices that go on in in professed Christian churches that really don't have any warrant in the Word of God, and you can see how that actually warps uh, the whole view of, of worship, if not of God himself. Our topic today is worship and the healthy Christian life. I think you've gathered that. And my guest is Pastor Larry Wilson. Your questions, if you're listening on Saturday, you can call 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions anytime. This program's put together um, most weeks by the questions that you folks send in, and you can text those questions, 516-367-0391, 516-367-0391. And we'll be back with more on worship and the healthy Christian life with my guest, Pastor Larry Wilson, after this message from The Voice of a Visit to the Pastor's Study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. The topic today, Worship and the Healthy Christian Life. You can text your questions anytime in the week, 516-367-0391. Your questions on any topics, biblical, doctrinal, topical, whatever they would be. And you can call my study at 516-593-1507. If you'd like to speak, you'll get my electronic secretary, but I'll be glad to chat with you about questions raised by our weekly program, A Visit to the Pastor's Study. Or you can email it if you want. Visit Pastor Bill, all one word, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Pastor Larry, I'm asking you this because I'm in the process of, of working with a group that's uh, starting church, and the whole issue of how we, uh, what we include in the liturgy, the order of worship, and how we do things, that's, that's made the topic of worship front and center. Talk to us, Pastor Larry, about posture in worship. I'm just reading Psalm 134 this morning. It speaks of standing and of lifting up your hands. Psalm 95 and others speak of kneeling. Am I right that that many in, I'll say, the Presbyterian and Reformed community aren't big on these things in worship? I think you're exactly right, and I'm I'm sort of sorry to say that because the Lord calls us in in Romans 12 to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So I think we neglect to obey the commands or examples that you mention and many, many others in Scripture. Now, why do you think that is, though? Because we are so big as we ought to be, and we do what the Word of God tells us to do in worship. Well, I think in part, and this is, I don't mean to make excuses, I think it's just a factor we have to work with, we inherit reactions. So at the time of the British Reformation, the the state church imposed forms on people, and uh, you must kneel at this point, and people dug in their heels and say, well, I was happy to kneel up till you said I must. But since you're saying I must, then you've got to show me that in the Bible or else I'm not going to do it. And I think that we've inherited something of a reaction, and here we are. Do you think, do you think that can make it in, in uh, some—Presbyterian and Reformed worship or others, does it make worship maybe more of a head trip than a, than a whole person involvement in worship? Or is that overgeneralizing? 
Well, you know, well, it might be generalizing, but I don't think it's overgeneralizing. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Interesting. Um, well, we could get into the whole topic of how we bring about change, but but let, why don't you, let's talk positively uh, about what does worship regulated by the Word of God look like? And, and if I could put it this way, what does it feel like? I'd say... I'd say that it's relatively simple, and in fact, I like when I'm trying to talk to people, not just about public worship, but secret worship in your closet, just you and God, or family worship, I say it's like breathing. It's spiritual breathing. You breathe in God's Word, and you breathe out your prayers and praises, and you breathe in God's Word, and you breathe out, and, and we need to keep breathing. And so in one sense, it's very simple that way. Uh, parts of worship are God talking to us, talking to us not only verbally as we hear God's Word read or preached, but also non-verbally as it's reinforced by baptism and the Lord's Supper. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And then we respond by breathing out our prayers and praises, which include our songs of praise. That's the, it, so it's a dialogue. Worship is a dialogue between God and us, Right. Well, that's a great way to put it. It's really fellowship with God or communion with God. And public worship is our communing with God together as the family of God. But but in a corporate worship, Pastor Larry, there has to be order to it. I mean, people talk about liturgical churches and non-liturgical churches, but all churches have a liturgy or an order to worship, right? Well, all churches do have an order to worship, and and... I think there's a certain degree of latitude in how the leaders work that out. But, but the Lord basically says this, let all things be done decently and in order. So the basic things that he commands us to do, we're responsible to do them decently and in an orderly way. Yeah, and I think it's, But I think it'll be fairly simple, though, when we, yeah. when we are just following God's Word. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like in our personal worship, we come into the presence of God, the response is to confess our sins, we thank the Lord that he gives us an assurance of pardon from the scriptures, we listen to his word, and we go forth to serve. I, I, is that Or is that overly simplistic? That's usually what I think of when I think of an order of worship. Well, no, that's a very helpful way to think of it. I, I, I like to think of it like a like a meal, and we we get the family together for a reunion after a long time, and and we're, there are preliminaries. We greet each other and so on. But then, and maybe some of us have to apologize to each other and receive forgiveness. And then we sit down together. And then the head of the house, the father, sort of gives some instruction and oh, that's great. us. And, I'm going to use that one. Then, <laughs> that's, okay. Yeah, you, you can use my regulative principle of the garden, and I'll use your your family reunion model. I've heard people it's say, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> I've heard people say it's not what we take away from worship; it's what we give to it. Do you agree with that? Well, partly. <laughs> I, I guess I don't really agree with it. It's half true, but not completely true, because ultimately God's the one who initiates worship and and he gives us grace during worship. That's why we draw near to, through these means of grace. And so we have communion, or, and we engage with God himself together, and he gives us Christ and his benefits by the Holy Spirit working through the Word, which does provoke us to respond 
And the more we draw near to God and his people, the more we do experience his drawing near to us. So that's the half-truth of it. Yeah. Yes, both and. I mean, we're meant we're meant to give God the glory that's due to His name, and we're to worship heartily, and and uh, so that's what we give. We're to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and so on, and even we're to make our worship skillfully done as well. But also, clearly, you get so much because God's giving you Himself. Well, Pastor Larry, you got just a couple minutes of your part left. Talk to us a bit about hints for improving our worship personally, and in families, and in gatherings of the Lord's people, especially in the Lord's Day. Well, number one, I'd say we need to be walking with the Lord day by day, preparing ourselves for worship. We can't actually turn on a walk with God or turn on piety all at once. It can't be turned off and on, but it's something that that we need to be cultivating daily. And and as we do that, we'll discover, man, we're, we're tuned in to hear a lot more, to get a whole lot more out of worship. And and then secondly, I'd say participate. Well, so those, there you go, your two-point sermon, prepare and participate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on the one hand, by, by listening to God and addressing God, even when someone else is leading in prayer, the one speaking out loud, each of us in our hearts should be praying along and reinforcing that prayer and joining in that prayer. But on the other hand, loving one another, I've been convicted, it strikes me, that Hebrews 10.25, the the verse that says, let us not neglect assembling together as some are in the habit of doing, continues, the sentence continues, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching, let us encourage one another. So I'd suggest that we look for opportunities opportunities to welcome people, opportunities to greet people, opportunities, uh, well, we should say, is there a visitor we can welcome? Is there a lonely person uh, that we could draw alongside to? Of Is there someone who's discouraged that we could yeah. urge on? Uh, and we shouldn't think that church starts with the opening song and ends with the, the benediction, but uh, we have time for to interact for each other, so I think it's good to come early and hang around afterwards and, and be quick to invite people to your home for a meal or get wow. involved in a small group with them, etc. So That's great, you know, because fellowship is a means of grace. Uh, not usually listed that way, but we're fellowshipping with Christ when, when Christ is in his people, right? Thanks. Thank you. Hey, Pastor Larry, thank you very, very much for your time with us today. Let's take a moments for counsel from the pastor's study, maybe building on what Pastor Larry just mentioned. And I've got four R's for you. Number one, realize you all worship someone or something. We're made to worship. In Romans 1 and verse 25, by nature, we exchange the truth of God for the lie, and by nature, we worship and serve created things rather than the creator, for example, money or prestige or even ourselves. So realize we're all worshipers. The question is, what do you worship? And because our worship's misdirected, second, our repentance, stop what you're doing that's going in the wrong direction and then go in the right direction, knowing that there's mercy and grace and forgiveness with the Lord. Remember, the second of the Ten Commandments is to not worship and serve idols, including yourself. So repent. Number three, replace God hasn't made us to just say no to what's wrong. 
We must give a hearty yes to what's right. So replace your worship of idols with the hearty worship of the true and living God through Jesus Christ as your great priest and mediator. And that is both a discipline for a healthy Christian life and it's also a delight. And then finally, regulate it as we've learned. Make sure your worship is regulated by the Word of God. God wants you to live out of His Word, not out of your own imaginations, as Pastor Larry said, or out of our feelings. And God's Word has a lot to say about our worship. It must be from the heart, must engage the mind, it must engage your whole body. It must be reverent and it must be joyful. It must be evangelistic. Hallelujah. You all praise the Lord. That's evangelism. It must be full of God because it's ascribing worth to him. And it must be so much a part of your daily life as well as your Lord's Day worship that it displaces all idols and replaces them with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's for your eternal good. Hey, thanks for listening today. It is a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs on sermonaudio.com, a great resource. Look for a Visit to the Pastor's Study there or on our own website, Visit the Pastor's Study, all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. I appreciate your feedback and your questions. You can email me, one word, visitpastorbill at gmail.com or call me, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in the church that's faithful to the Word of God. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.